Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Could San Diego State be even better next season than they were this past season in men's basketball? John Schaefer with you on the Aztecs Wrap-Up Show. Please subscribe if you are here. We have year-round exclusive Aztecs content. Smash the like button down below as well. So this is obviously a very interesting question because San Diego State was in the national championship game a year ago, and the only way you can really truly have a better year than this past season is to win that one additional game in the NCAA tournament. Easier said than done, obviously. Now, Brian Dutcher, San Diego State's head coach, talked about this throughout the NCAA tournament run last year. I want to say he was asked about it in Louisville when they were in the Sweet 16. He was asked about it in Houston. What's this team going to look like? Next year, what's this going to mean for recruiting? And, you know, paraphrasing, he said, well, hold on. I mean, obviously, we've already had a lot of success with recruiting. I mean, we're winning at a very high level. Shoot, we're in the Elite Eight. We're in the Final Four. We're in the National Championship game. But Dutch said something pretty fascinating. And again, to paraphrase, it was, hey, I think we got a chance to have just as good of a team next year, if not better, than we have right now. Now, he was not saying that he's going to guarantee a lengthy run in the NCAA tournament. Nobody can really predict a run in the tournament. We've seen top overall seeds um, beaten, obviously, in the first round. Look at this past year. Purdue was beaten in the first round a couple of years ago. UVA lost as a one seed in the first round. So it's that's the, you know, the format affords itself to that, right? This isn't a best-of-seven format. There's a reason we call it March Madness. There are teams that can make runs. There are teams that are upset, but with all that being said, I think San Diego State believes they're going to be really well positioned heading into 2023-24. So first things first for San Diego State is what do they have to overcome? What are they replacing from last season as we turn the page to this season? They're replacing a lot. They really are. I mean, Nathan Mensah is a two-time defensive player of the year, just signed a contract with the Charlotte Hornets, a five-year starter essentially on the Mesa, part of a 30-2 and team part of last year's team, a critically important piece throughout the course of the year, even more so you could argue in the NCAA tournament. We locked up with like Charles Bediaco at Alabama, Ryan Kalkbrenner at Creighton, Adama Sanogo, um, the big men that they had at FAU, which were talented in the Final Four as well. So Nathan Mensa is a a huge loss, obviously, for San Diego State. You have other pieces as well. Matt Bradley, great scorer, really the offensive centerpiece of San Diego State the last couple of years, the Cal transfer has graduated as well. Adam Seiko, an elite three-point shooter and defender, no longer with the program after six seasons on the Mesa. You have a Gwuka Rope, one of the most underrated players, not just at San Diego State, but in the country, um, that is no longer with the program after five seasons and all the wins. And then Keisha Johnson, who's really an explosive player, elite defender, great in transition. He announced his intention to enter the transfer portal and did transfer to the University of Arizona this past offseason. So that's a lot. I mean, if we're being honest with each other, that's a lot that needs to be replaced. But they're returning a lot as well. We'll get into that. And they've added some pieces in the transfer portal as well. This is where San Diego State has done incredibly well, not just in the transfer portal era, but really before you know transfers were transfers, so to speak. They were doing this with Steve Fisher as they built the program. Brian Dutcher has really continued that tradition over the last handful of years. You think about guys like Malachi Flynn in recent years, Yanni Wetzel, K.J. Fagan. There are a number of others as well. Matt Bradley on this past team, for example. But 
the additions that they've added for 23-24 seem to be pretty significant. And I think to some extent, which is typical of San Diego State, a little bit under the radar. Uh, starting with Reese Dixon-Waters, who was the Pac-12 sixth man of the year last year with SC, who is known for his defense, can also score, was averaging about 10 points per game a year ago, was a really good three-point shooter two years ago. I think he turns it on late from outside the arc last year as well. So I think they envision Reese Dixon-Waters picking up some of the scoring that Matt Bradley was able to give him over the last couple of years. They've also added recently a Campbell transfer from out east, Jay Powell. Um, Brian Dutcher has made the comp to Jalen McDaniels. He's wiry. He can play multiple positions. He's a scorer. He's a defender. He's a typical Aztec because of his athleticism, the fact that he is wiry and he can play multiple positions. Now, they still may also be looking to fill some minutes at the five spot. And we'll talk about that coming up in a moment. But in terms of what's returning in this rotation for San Diego State, yeah, I mentioned everything that's leaving, but they got a lot. They really do have a lot that's coming back. I think four of their top six scores will return this upcoming season, including Lamont Butler. Nobody became you know a bigger story in the NCAA tournament maybe than Lamont Butler. Of course, hit the shot at the buzzer over FAU to win that Final Four game and send San Diego State to its first ever national championship game easily and arguably the biggest shot in San Diego State history. Um, as big of a win as San Diego State has had in its athletic history. Uh, he went through the draft process. He trained for six weeks in Las Vegas. Recently saw some video and some photos of Lamont. He looks bigger to me. Um, he's always been explosive. He's always been strong. He's an elite defender, as good of an on-ball defender as there might be in the country in terms of guards. He's really turned it on offensively, um, made vast improvement between his sophomore year and his junior year last year, can always get to the basket, has really improved his outside shot. If he continues to take a step forward, um, you know, I think he's going to be one of the better guards in the West. And clearly, based on going through the draft process and working out with NBA teams, he's going to have a chance to play in the NBA, you would think, a year from now. You have Darion Trammell, Seattle transfer a year ago, speaking of San Diego State transfers. And Trammell had some huge moments in the NCAA tournament, up and down regular season, some huge games, though, for San Diego State. Um, Trammell, of course, hit the free throw with about a second remaining against Creighton to send San Diego State to a Final Four, uh, known for his defense. Um, they didn't rely heavily on his scoring this past year. It'll be interesting to see um, what type of progress he makes from year one to year two in the San Diego State system. Previously, we've seen players make leaps when they get a second opportunity at San Diego State. It's a big leap from Seattle to San Diego State and to make that jump to the Mountain West Conference as well, playing at elevation, uh, playing in unique road environments. So Darion Trammell, you would think with all the confidence in the world based on the way he played in the NCAA tournament, he'll be back um, teaming with Lamont Butler in that backcourt. Then you have Jaden Ledee. Jaden Ledee, a fascinating case study, uh, bounced around, played at Ohio State and TCU, redshirted a couple of years ago at San Diego State, and then had an amazing second half of the season with the Aztecs and NCAA tournament. You know, he's a he's a five or a four. He's a front court player, obviously. He's going to fill, you know, some of the void left by Nathan Mensa. Um, and Brian Dutcher has said this. He said it throughout the NCAA tournament because he was asked about it repeatedly because Ladie really turned it on in the second half of the year. He said that, you know, Jane Ladie's just scratching the surface, which is really incredible because if you watched him play, um, he was making an impact at both ends. His rebounding ability, his ability to score inside with his physicality, they went to him a number of times down the stretch against FAU, I think trailing by three points and 
trailing by four points. I think he had their last two buckets before Lamont Butler hit that shot at the buzzer against FAU in Houston. So Jaden Ledee, it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him on offense because Brian Dutcher talked about that a little bit. What they had a year ago, what they asked Jaden to do a year ago, I think his offensive game is going to open up a little bit. I really believe that. They'll clearly have him play you know, at the five spot this year without Nathan Mensah. Um, but he's not a traditional five, and I think he's going to be given the opportunity to shoot a little bit from the outside. It'll be interesting to see what kind of strides Jaden Ledee can take uh, with another season and another offseason under his belt. And then you have Micah Parrish, who I thought was really impressive considering the fact that he transferred in. He was an elite three-point shooter a year ago, won a couple of games for him with his shooting down the stretch, instant offense for them off the bench, elite three-point shooter, really good defender, um, so he will be returning for San Diego State and clearly in the rotation could be a starter for the Aztecs this upcoming season. So there are also some returnees that will will be a part of the rotation this upcoming year that we didn't see a ton a year ago because of San Diego State's depth. Now, a year ago, San Diego State, you could argue, especially with the benefit of hindsight, San Diego State might have been the deepest team in the nation because one through nine, you could have argued they were all starters. I mean, everyone coming off their bench could have started for San Diego State. Uh, whether it was Wicker Rope or Jaden Ledee or Adam Seiko or Micah Parrish, those players are coming off the bench. And those players were the difference for San Diego State routinely in the regular season and in the postseason as well. Now, this year, Brian Dutcher a year ago said, we, we've never had a freshman class like this. Elijah Saunders, the forward, and Miles Bird, the guard, you know, he said these are two of the most you know, highly sought-after um, you know, recruits in the history of the program with high upsides, yet they didn't have – Many opportunities a year ago, and that's a credit to the depth and the fact that San Diego State had so many upperclassmen a year ago. But Elijah Saunders, we saw flashes from Saunders last year. He did have some opportunities. Uh, his minutes were limited, but he's, you know, he showed you his ability to rebound, defend, score the basketball as well. So they're very high on Elijah Saunders. It'll be interesting to see what an offseason does for Saunders between his first and second year. And then you have Miles Bird, who's a six-seven guard. And his potentials through the roof. And we didn't see much of Miles Bird at all a year ago, and he's still growing into his body. But I know they're extremely high on Miles Bird and Elijah Saunders. Both unquestionably will be a part of the rotation coming up this upcoming season. You have Demarche Johnson Jr. So a lot of times with Aztec fans, they say, "Hey, we're, what are we going to do without Nathan Mensa? Yeah, we have Jaden Ladee back, but how are we going to replace the minutes and the impact, the rim protector that Nathan Mensa has been defensively over the last few years?" Demarche Johnson Jr. is another one of those guys like Saunders and Bird that we haven't really had an opportunity to see. And he's a center that has the, the size and the tools to be a really good interior player. Hasn't had the opportunities because of Nathan Mensah and because of Jaden Ledee and because of Aguka Rope. So those opportunities undoubtedly are going to increase for Demarche Johnson Jr., who is entering his third season on the Mesa. Um and then there's the freshman class that's coming in, and we'll see if they're able to pay dividends or not. B.J. Davis, Miles Heidi, Brian Dutcher has, has said he's high on both of them. Um, talked about Heidi with me on the radio at some point within the last month or so, um, and really spoke about all the potential of Miles Heidi um, as a you know interior player for San Diego State in the front court. We'll see if he's able to pay dividends as a freshman or not, because again, with San Diego State, a team that's been consistently winning the Mountain West consistently getting to the NCAA tournament, consistently one of the oldest teams in the country. It can be hard for young players to get on the floor, but I think both B.J. Davis and Miles Hadi will at least have that opportunity here. Now, there are still two open scholarships for Brian Dutcher. 
Typically, he has saved one in case there's some late movement and he's got a scholarship in his pocket if he wants to use it. But he's got two available right now. And when I had him on the radio again about a month ago, he said, you know, in the right situation, we would absolutely add a five. You know, someone that can provide us some minutes, someone that can be a rim protector, a defender, a rebounder. They can give us some quality minutes. We are still in the market potentially if it's the right fit. He doesn't feel as if he has to have it because he's got he's got depth. But if it's the right fit, maybe a, a grad transfer, a one-year player that could be plugged in immediately, maybe as a backup five potentially to give you 15 or 20 minutes, I think that's still a possibility even as we talk here in late June. But again, I don't know if it's a necessity. I think you've heard a lot of chatter with the fan base about this need for a five. If anything, the need is more, I think, as a complementary piece and a depth piece as opposed to starting for San Diego State this upcoming season. Now, when you look to the upcoming year as well, you have to consider schedule. And everyone knows this. No matter what San Diego State does in the regular season, it's going to be hard to emulate what they did a year ago, but not impossible, right? You just never know when you're going to make a run. And the more chances you give yourself, the more opportunities you have to, you know, get to a second weekend, get to an Elite Eight, and so on and so forth. The schedule's not going to be easy, and they do that with intent because when they think they're going to be good, like they've been under Brian Dutcher and Steve Fisher, they usually schedule up. And there's some road games off the top um, that will be challenging. A BYU road game in Provo, always one of the more difficult environments in the West. San Diego State over the years has not had success in Provo. They did win there in 2019-20 when they went 30-2. and They're going to return a game at Grand Canyon, which is you know an under-the-radar, underrated, very difficult road environment. And they're also scheduled to play a game at UCSD, part of a two-for-one here in the city. They've already played a couple of games against UCSD at Viejas Arena. So they're, travel, uh, they're scheduled to play in La Jolla against UCSD. They'll have a home date against a Pac-12 opponent in Stanford. It'll be interesting to see uh, the quality of Stanford this year. I think they improved late last season. I think there are a number of pundits that are higher on Stanford. So San Diego State's going to host Stanford this year. They'll play an exempt event, an MT- MTE in Las Vegas, the main event, the opponents, they'll get two of these teams, two of these three teams, Washington out of the Pac-12, Xavier out of the Big East, or St. Mary's out of the WCC. Um, Xavier and St. Mary's will be preseason you know, NCAA tournament teams, so to speak. I'm not sure about Washington, but if you get Xavier and St. Mary's, um, that will be good challenges and good for your non-conference resume overall and to build a resume for the NCAA tournament. So that probably still leaves another handful of games um, Brian Dutcher has said they're talking to another Pac-12 team, that that's a possibility. I think he also said they, they spoke with Arizona, they spoke with Gonzaga, they haven't been able to make dates meet, but the possibility of another Pac-12 team exists. He's talking about um, the potential of playing you know, a high-leverage, high-level game on a neutral court in the West. You know, Is that Los Angeles? Is that Las Vegas? But I think that's still out there. So I would look at it like this. You're looking at one more you know, quote-unquote big-time game potentially, and then, you know, three or four bye games potentially for San Diego State to play at Viejas Arena, and that'll essentially fill out the non-conference schedule. We know the league has, you know, has really played well. You look at the league the last couple of years, they're getting tons of teams in the NCAA tournament over the last two years. Now, they hadn't been having success in the NCAA tournament until San Diego State went on that magical run and won five games and made $10 million plus for the Mountain West with the run they went all the way to the national championship game. So the expectations are going to be through the roof. I mean, you don't play in a national championship game and then have low expectations. San Diego State a year ago was a preseason top 25 team. This upcoming year, 
They could be a preseason top 15 team. Um, will they be the preseason Mountain West favorite? How could they not be based on what they did a year ago? Now, nobody can predict again whether they are going to make an NCAA tournament run. They could go 30-2 and two, like they did in 2019 and 20. Of course, we never saw the NCAA tournament that year because of COVID. But I talked about it off the top. You can go 30-2 and two and get upset. You can go 20-10, and 10, be an eight seed, and make your way to the Final Four. So it's impossible to predict in that one-and-done format. But it's also hard to bet against San Diego State based on what we saw this past March and April. All right, a lot more San Diego State content for you coming up on the wrap-up show. If you're here, we have exclusive year-round San Diego State Aztecs athletic content. Please subscribe. Please smash the like button as well. And if you're looking for the audio-only edition of the show, click the link in the description down below for the Aztecs Wrap-Up Show podcast. So click the link in the description down below, and you can get to the Aztecs Wrap-Up Show podcast. Until next time, my name's John Schaefer, and you've been watching the Aztecs Wrap-Up Show. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.